You are listening to the JCN Clinic Podcast. The JCN Clinic Podcast is a place where nutritionalists Jessica Cox and Carissa Mason get real about nutrition and living a healthy life. They share with you their passion and their clinical knowledge for a fun, no BS approach to looking after yourself. Please enjoy today's episode and don't forget to subscribe and iTunes. again and welcome to another episode of the JCN Clinic Podcast Show. I'm Jessica. I'm Carissa. And we have an exciting guest with us today and we've been holding off asking lots of questions already and yep. we're itching, itching, but Carissa, take it away and okay. introduce Kat. Okay, so introduce <laughs> Kat. Yep. So we have um, Kat with us today. Kat is um, a, well, part owner in a mushroom farming company called Mountaintop Mushrooms from Mullaney, which is for anyone that isn't in the southeast Queensland and northern New South Wales. Wales area and is a bit geographically challenged, um, like myself, Mullaney is um, the Sunshine Coast hinterland for Queensland. So it's a beautiful, beautiful place. Um, so Kat lives up there and farms mushrooms um, with her partner and they sell them at markets and to restaurants and things like that. And Kat also um, has a really um, awesome brain, which you guys will get to hear about, um, in the agriculture and permaculture industry and works a lot with um, seeds and and um, heirloom varieties of plants, and she has some freaking cool shit to share with you guys today. <laughs> and yeah, so this is Kat. Hey guys, Hi. thanks for having me. <laughs> Thank you very much. That was a good intro. Yeah, yeah. that was a really nice <laughs> intro. Thank you, Carissa. <laughs> Thank you way better than me. <laughs> Thank God we didn't leave it up to you. I know, I'm like, remember the name of the company, remember the name of the company. <laughs> Oh man. All right, well, we might just start. Like, I think too, like, obviously, I've, you know, just given Kat a kick ass introduction, but do you want to maybe just tell everyone a little bit about yourself and life as a shroom farmer? Yeah. um, And what got you into that area? And, you know, start with that. And Jess and I, I'm sure, are going to have questions straight up anyway. So, you start. Okay, awesome. So. Yeah, I have. Yeah, we have the mountaintop mushroom business, and I guess backpedaling from that, um, my partner and I were working sort of money-based jobs, and um, we decided we saw like the greater problems in the world and wanted to move to a production lifestyle as opposed to a consumerist lifestyle, and we wanted to turn waste products into food, and we wanted to utilize um, unused space to make food and offer that to our community. So we studied permaculture probably for about a year. Um, after doing a course, we lived with our permaculture mentor, Max Lindiger, um, who is a phenomenal human being and produces mm. a lot of food and lives at very deep harmony with nature. And yeah, he impacted us greatly and we um, wanted to start a business. So yeah, we went into mushrooms and now we turn uh, sugarcane bagasse, which is a waste from the Queensland sugarcane industry. We turn that into mushrooms before and um, initiate the breaking down process of it turning into soil by the mycelium starting to decompose the sugarcane bagasse. And then that goes out to some local gardeners and a local organic farm. Mm-hmm. And um, so they then use that so the process gets all the way back into the soil, but we take a food from it first. And on the side of that, I've been working for an organic heirloom seed company from the last two years up in Mullaney. And I now also work for a other local land care group up there, Barong Land Care. So that's more in the native plant world. So then I'm doing a little bit of that. Um, 
yeah, so I guess that's how we got there. And then we kind of, yeah, we went up there to study permaculture in Mulaney and we never left. We yep. started a business and now we produce food and, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to stay there, I think, for a while. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Oh, there's so many questions already. Can you, um, maybe I'm diving ahead too much, but just even when you talked about using the sugarcane mm-hmm. um, mulch essentially to mm-hmm. start that growth process, mm-hmm. can you tell us a little bit about that? Like are you are you using the natural like spores that are there or are you putting spores into that sugarcane mulch? Like what's happening there? So the way the way that the process works is we have a supplier who does culture laboratory work. So yeah. we don't have a laboratory ourselves as of yet. Mm-hmm. So we buy yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> We're conspiring for all sorts yeah. of things. But um yeah at the moment we get that uh what they call grain spawn, which is mm-hmm. like some grain which has the mycelium uh well and truly um, growing inside of that grain mm-hmm. and we then use a pasteurizing method to pasteurize the sugar cane mm-hmm. and we then put that the grain spawn through the sugar cane mulch or gas and we mix it up and then we pack it into a bag and we incubate it for a period of time depending on the weather because we don't do complete climate control um, and then we fruit it after that where we have like another small space where we do a little bit of humidity control, but unfortunately no temperature control at the moment and with the mm. way the weather is that mm. really hits us, like mm. with the fluctuation with temperatures sure. and stuff. But we, we also grow shiitakes on logs. So mm. the shiitakes we do on logs are completely with the rhythm of the mycelium. Mm-hmm. So we inoculate that, we incubate, incubate it for up to 12 months mm-hmm. and we then do like a fruiting process to initiate the shiitakes and then the mycelium needs to rest mm-hmm. for a few like weeks or up to a month, month and a half. When you say the mycelium, are you talking about the spore or the seed, like of the yeah? So Can you explain that. Yeah, sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know how far back I have to go. No, so no, keep no, asking no, me. Yeah, exactly. Keep and asking. it's just yeah, it's great because there's things that are coming up, and I know even for us when we talk mm. about nutrition, there's certain things that we say, and people are like, you know, well, yeah, hang yeah. on, take it back further, yeah, further, yeah, further. Yeah. So, all, <laughs> all the way back yeah. to the all beginning. Hang on a second. We need shroom one hundred and one. Yeah, <laughs> my pleasure. <laughs> So the spore is like basically the seed of the mushroom yeah. and they will fall from usually the underneath of the mushroom, usually not in all cases, but mm-hmm. usually from the underneath of the mushroom most commonly. Um, and those spores like will then land on something and germinate and then at that time it starts to turn into mycelium and form hyphae. Oh, so right. these are the little yep. intricate like the white webs that you see. So if mm. you pick up or if you see like wood breaking down or decaying and you see like white mm-hmm. through the wood mm-hmm. or on the wood or on your that's my like mulch, that's mycelium. Ah. So that's like your sort of plant if you will of the mushroom. Like the mushroom would then be the fruit. Yeah. So okay. the mushroom is the fruiting body yeah. of the mycelium. Ah, so the that's mushroom's not a plant. More or less. That's yeah. like a way of yeah, interpreting it. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so it's absolutely. yeah, fruit. Oh, that's, that's cool. interesting in regards to the gut microbiome too, for with the or with yeast yeah. and how we talk about how mm. yeast can behave in the gut, mm. which is another tangent, but yeah. I just am like, oh wow. I think that's why like yeah. oh, I'm like a little fungus like freak. Like I'm obsessed with yeast and yeah. mushrooms and I- <laughs> I am like I like for so many reasons. That's why I like beer so much. Yeah, that's why yeah. I like beer so much. It's a fermented freaking food, therefore yep. it's healthy. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> 
but like I know like when I've even just watched like like YouTube videos of like science stuff of how like you know yeast behaves and candida behaves and all of that and when you read literature about how it behaves it's so cool but then I also had this other side obsession with mushrooms which is cat's world and I know like I just used to go out into the forest especially when I lived in Mount Glorious and I would just have Mm. photographs upon photographs saved to my computer of different types of fungus like it's just they're so beautiful (laughs) they're so cool and I remember the first time I saw a glow-in-the-dark mushroom oh yeah the bioluminescence oh Oh, my god it's amazing there's actually a David Attenborough thing that I stumbled across the other night and it's called life that glows oh Oh, watch that because it's all about mushrooms plankton oh my god I know I haven't seen that one (laughs) yet it literally popped up on I think it was on my stand on Netflix feed the other night and I was just I started like I was just sitting and having my dinner scrolling like what am I going to watch because I've just been watching mindless crap and then that came up I was like (gasps) (laughs) life that glows life that glows yeah Yeah. so but yeah I remember the first time I saw a glow in the dark mushroom because they Mm -hmm. will only like sort of fruit I guess Mm -hmm. if that's the right word yeah like fruit after so they have to the the psyllium then must remain in the dead log so it's only the dead logs yeah that these guys happen this is what I've learned anyway just from observational studies <laughs> um, and then it, they, the log has to be like yeah quite decomposed and breaking down but then it actually has to be rain to activate these yes. guys. Mm. So, so that's also the conditions mm. like with the oyster mushrooms and shiitakes ah, that we grow we initiate right. certain environmental conditions to bring yeah. on fruiting yeah. because mm. all mushrooms all mycelium is looking for like that exact alignment mm. of temperature humidity yeah. dampness Maybe even shock. So, like mm-hmm. with shiitakes, you can hit the logs or drop the really? logs. Yeah. So you mimic nature in that a branch has fallen oh, from the right. storm. Right. That's fascinating. Yeah. yeah. So there's all these little things yeah. that the mycelium needs before it's going to actually think, oh, it's time to make babies and send out a mushroom, which will grow, yeah. have the spores, and then the spores will go out. Yeah. I think too, it's interesting. You know, I think all of us are coming yeah. from a country background, but I can remember that, like you're sort of talking about that perfect environment where. You would just know as a kid, you'd be mm-hmm. like, oh, my God, it's been like this sort of weather and we've just had rain yeah. and we'd be yeah. excitedly on the motorbikes going out into yeah. the paddocks to pick mm-hmm. mushrooms because we knew that you knew mm-hmm. that they'd be out there yeah. because yeah. it had been that perfect environment. It's like, yeah. they're going to be there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like magic. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's amazing. And yeah. like, because we forage a bit up in the hinterland mm-hmm. and so same same sort of thing. Like yeah. when the ra- we just had all this rain recently, and it was amazing. Wow. <laughs> it yeah. was totally amazing. It is though. They're such a cool thing, and I think the thing that I get so fascinated about them is it's that it's like certain flowers and certain you know like um, you know fruits of trees and things like that. Mm. Sometimes you get. I think the thing that's so like cool about mushrooms is that. It's not something that's there for two to three weeks. It's not like growing no. a rose and putting all this time into cultivating something. You get this beautiful flower that hangs about for a couple of weeks. Like with mushrooms, you have a shelf life of a couple yeah. of days, sometimes less, yeah. where this beautiful thing just comes up out of the ground or grows up out of this log or does whatever it's doing. And then if you miss that window of opportunity, it's gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. It's gone. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's and it's true. never going to come back yeah. in the same place yeah. in the same way ever again. Yeah. And it's so temporary. I have a question because this is something I have noticed when I've spent a lot of time like just checking out mushrooms and stuff in the bush is mm-hmm. um, and I just made up this name, but I, I'm sure <laughs> <laughs> Jess is just laughing at me. She's like, oh, God, another thing Chris has made up. <laughs> but I want to know, um, and I don't think we've actually ever talked about this, but maybe we have. Um, I want to know about fairy rings with mushrooms. Yes. Okay. So obviously this is a thing, right? Because yeah. I have skull dragged people into the bush to see fairy rings. <laughs> and so you have skull dragged them. <laughs> Like people, like I will come out of the bush and I'll be part biking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> A Celtic side comes out and just unleashes. Yeah. 
<laughs> Did you beat people over the head with a piece of dead wood and drag them into the bush to see my fairy oh, rings? <laughs> so what I've noticed is, is that there's these certain things that happen in the rainforest mm. where you'll actually get a perfect circle of yeah. certain types of mushrooms yeah. come up in a ring. I just call it a fairy oh, ring. Right. That is a fairy ring. Oh, that's, good. That's how it's commonly known. Yeah, because yeah. I believe that magic exists still and I still think there's so much yeah. magic in the forest when you're in there. Yeah. And I just, but sometimes, yeah, like, and these sometimes aren't small mushrooms. Like, I've mm. seen ones that, honestly, the mushrooms sometimes would be the size of my head almost. Like, mm. they come up and they've got these thick, like, yellow brownie bases and then these big brown tops that, honestly, would be the, sometimes the size of a dinner plate. Yeah. and they form this this perfect circle on the forest floor. Yeah, so... Explain that yeah, to me. Yeah. <laughs> I've, I've seen that. I just didn't so even cool. think about it. Yes, tell. Tell, tell. <laughs> so they, that is the edge of the mycelial net. So oh. my understanding is it's probably quite a young mycelial net. I mean, obviously, depending on climatic mm. conditions, how quickly that mycelial net's been able to grow. But some of the nets can get quite big and span mm. quite sort of an area. Mm. But in that, like... It, that's how big the mycelial net is. So that's the edge of the net and then that is the mycelium giving its best effort under the perfect conditions to spread the spores as far as it can. Right. So it produces mushrooms on the outer, on ring. The outer ring. And mycelium in really good condition and constant food source can grow in like that perfect circle. Yeah, basically. Yeah, because quite wow. often this never happens yeah. on a log. This is just forest floor. We've yeah. got a perfect breakdown of, you know, decompose, decomposing plant matter and yeah. all of that. And then you get like that bit of rain and it's just kind of like it brings the forest floor to life. Yeah. So my knowledge of that was that they would be a secondary saprophyte. So they are in the secondary process of creating soil. Mm -hmm. So you've got your primary saprophytes, which are breaking down wood, which is like your sataki's and oysters, mm -hmm. which is what we grow with the mm -hmm. more carbon-rich, cellulose-rich material. Mm -hmm. And then you've got the secondary saprophytes, which would be these types of mushrooms, which would be on the forest floor doing ah, that second level of decomposing. Yeah, yeah so, right. So, so that's oh. it when you were talking about... Obviously, the mushrooms that you are growing more in that um, sugarcane mulch and that yeah. sort of process, as opposed to the what grows on a log with the shiitake. Yeah. So that's why, because they have different growth environments, that's so why you do that. Both of those. So for the oysters, it's just a, a faster production if right. we do it with sugarcane as opposed to logs, because yep. you, we use hardwood logs. So the mycelium. What you do is you add one organism all over the log in mm -hmm. different holes and that organism reconnects inside of the log. Mm -hmm. Once it's reconnected and started to break down the wood, it will then get ready to fruit. Yep. If we use sugarcane, it's not as dense as a hardwood log mm -hmm. and so it, it will colonise that a lot quicker and we can have a constant right. production of shiitake, uh, yep. of oyster, sorry. Yep. Um, but we, t we do shiitake it's an ancient Japanese method and it doesn't involve highly sterile practices. Like mm -hmm. the shiitake can survive without mm -hmm. needing to be super sterile as opposed to doing other methods of cultivating shiitake. Mm -hmm. But the big difference there, I guess, is actually between the like primary saprophytic mushrooms being the oysters and shiitakes and the secondaries, which is like your button mushrooms and mm -hmm. portobellos and those types of mushrooms. So that's where the huge divide is. Mm -hmm. So what we do is like the exotic gourmets mainly coming – I mean, they're from all over the world – um, especially like oysters, I know uh, there's native species of them all over the world, but we commonly know them from Asian cuisine. Mm -hmm. um, and then the button mushrooms, so that's all wood breaking down, and then, yeah, the buttons and stuff, they're all coming from the soil up. So the mediums that they use are compost, so decomposing yeah. manures and all that kind of stuff, which mm -hmm. is like a totally different sort of world than oh, farming. Yeah, yeah, and just completely different, like, methods, and it's, you know, obviously very... Um, popular and already very well established whereas this sort of medicinal mm -hmm. mushrooms and exotic mushrooms that we're just getting into is like sort of a very new space for the west to be mm -hmm. coming mm -hmm. into i guess 
Cool. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so fascinating. And are you, so you are, you're doing that production and then you're selling. Yeah. Um, and is it, is it selling just around this area as far as Mullaney and locally or are you shipping elsewhere? Like what's sort of happening in the space of what you're producing and what you're selling? So we provide a couple of restaurants that we mm-hmm. have. We're very blessed to have very beautiful, close relationships with the mm-hmm. chefs that we work with that mm-hmm. are incredibly supportive of us because yeah. they want connection to food source, which mm-hmm. is like what we're all about and also why we were doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, we work with a couple of chefs and supply some restaurants and um, we sell at markets. So we do mm-hmm. like Yandina Market, Widder Market up mm-hmm. there, which is an awesome market. Um, and we're looking at branching out to some other more organic solely organic sort of based markets because yeah. we use organic processes so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah but predominantly witter and yandina and restaurants yeah, yeah. Wow. Uh, and the co-op in mulaney actually mm. we supply the co-op oh yeah i know that store the organic shop in yeah. the main street in mulaney yeah yeah great yeah. wow yeah and what about so it's it definitely sounds like more of as you sort of call it the exotic mushrooms like that's yeah. where you're going into yeah. so are you seeing and and sort of using the terminology of medicinal so are you seeing a greater demand for that medicinal space yeah yeah so here i guess it's important to say as well like shiitake mushrooms incredibly medicinal Mm. like Mm. and when we get into the medicinal space it is like just a swimming pool of Mm. stuff that's going on and Mm. claims and Mm -hmm. you know they can be anti-allergy anti-fungal antibacterial they can Mm. help with like liver and kidneys and be detoxifying and Mm. they can do all this different stuff um, and so I know shiitake falls into one of these ones that's like very mm. rich yeah. in compounds which are very beneficial, mm, yeah. but are still known as more a culinary mushroom. And then yeah. we step into the medicinal space and now we're talking about like say cordyceps, chaga, lion's mane, which mm-hmm. kind of ties over also to a culinary as well. Um, and yeah, like reishi, and I'm just trying to think of what the other ones are. But yeah, there's a bunch of them that you mm. wouldn't really eat because you want to eat them. You would eat yeah. them because I'm gonna ask that because I've ex- like we use them in supplements and um, powdered forms, mm-hmm. which I'm sort of interested to talk about with you yeah. too. But yeah, I've never like I've eaten lots of different types of mushrooms, mm-hmm. but yeah, some of the you know from reishi, lion's mane, those types of mushrooms. Yeah, I've never had the chance to eat mm. them. So I think we've I just grown some lion's mane. I actually. saw that. Did and I actually you? remember yeah. looking at it, and yeah. I was just like. Can you eat that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what, so what do they taste like? I haven't actually eaten. I've only eaten, like, a little bit yeah. because we've only just started to step into this space yeah. and you just can't buy them. Yeah. Like, so you've got, to, you've got to look after your little your little fungal babies. I know. And <laughs> they're all just them. fruiting at the moment. Like, they've all just come on. So we're going to be eating some, like, this coming week. And all the advice I'm hearing from my fungi friends is, like, yeah. you just slice fungi them up. friends, I love it. <laughs> Sorry. That must sound super weird. No, I love fungi normal to friends. Me. <laughs> You're my funky friend, Kat. Thank you. Take I'll, t- me, I'll take that. Take me to your world. <laughs> so what do you do? You just slice them up, fry them? Yeah, like, um, <laughs> I'm just surrounded by fungi people. I bet you are. No, well, I used to have this thing when I used to take, like, um, oh. like photos of my mushrooms and then hashtags became a thing. I said, I remember saying to Greg, because I was obviously with him at the time, and I would just be like, do you think it sounds really bad if I create a hashtag that's fungal fetish? <laughs> <laughs> and he was just like, you're only on a can of all time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that hashtag could go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, that's got a lot of potential. <laughs> oh, oh my god. god. <laughs> I would 
hashtag that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can have, you that. can have it if you want. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. oh. um. yeah, so just like slice them up and yeah, like a bit of oil. I was just getting a recommendation from a friend last mm. night actually. A bit of oil. She recommended lime juice, a bit oh. of garlic. Try yeah, so we're gonna have some for sale. We're gonna have limited supply though, as we because we're kind of like just moving into that world. Mm. Um, and they are like so they're still in the culinary space, so they, they still are, get used. Yeah. Do you find the restaurants? Uh, I, I know you're sort of just pushing into that too, but do you think that the restaurants have a demand like they're starting to explore that and go, Oh, we want to like try a dish with lion's mane, or we'd want to like I imagine there'd be a huge interest there. Well, I think it depends too on the cuisine yeah. a little bit. So mm. we've Actually, just we just dropped one off the other, uh, the other day to the brewery in town, who we supply mm-hmm. and have a beautiful relationship with. Mm-hmm. But they're a brewery, so mm. I'm not sure how it would time with their cuisine. But the mm. other, I mean, they're also experimental though. Yeah. But um, the other restaurant that we have a relationship with is Spices Tamarind. Oh and yeah. And they are uh, that's their cuisine. Mm. So I can imagine that they would be very mm. excited. And yeah. they they have very like very clearly and beautifully said whatever we can grow, yeah. they want in. Yeah, wow. the demand the demand is it's it's up and coming. This yeah. cuisine is becoming more popular, and even mm. like for the consumer, mm-hmm. um, for the public, like this kind of thing is coming mm. more popular. Because things like lion's mane, I'm sure you guys are aware, the neurological benefits, mm-hmm. the you know neural pathways being created and being mm-hmm. you know supported, mm-hmm. um, where you can eat something mm. that's going to help that it's not a triple extract or a tincture mm-hmm. but you're still eating a food that yeah. has those compounds so. and I, I that's what i mean i love about it and i'm sure chris mm. is the same anything to do with food is medicine but yeah they're such a powerful food that we can take from you know eating every day in our diet and then as you just mentioned tinctures powders that are yeah. coming and being a lot stronger in that space yeah absolutely um and there is there's a lot as you said it's like a saturation i think as far as information and research and so forth that's out there although yeah. I guess in some ways like with the research you could sometimes be questionable as to everything that will be claimed yeah um, but I think what I like I think comes strongly out of that mushroom space mm-hmm. um, generally is such a powerful um, supporter of the immune system like Absolutely. that's probably where I feel like when I dive into seeing you know what's happening in the space of the research there's mm. some really solid grounding in how well across the the board mm. some of those big guns from your shiitakes and mm. your reishis yeah. in particular function yeah. um and yeah is that is that something that you're seeing like that there's a lot of that sort of demand from like an immune building capacity absolutely absolutely yeah. and i think yeah so it's definitely coming from immune boosting and mm. it's coming from people yeah that are obviously um you know seeking to deal with different like health issues that yeah. want to boost naturally their body's capability yeah. to deal with it and to beat mm-hmm. it. Um, I've, you know, in some of the readings I've done, there's chaga has been linked to helping with HIV. Yeah. yeah. And of course, reishi is just a power it's, gun. Yeah. Like that mm-hmm. mushroom yeah. and everything they're looking at, it can just do so it just much. Does everything. everything. <laughs> and it's like so hard to sit here and say like what it specifically oh, yeah, exactly. does because I think also the research in like Western science is still catching up maybe. Yeah would be my sort of knowledge. I'm not sure if you know more than... I think it's cool, mm. though, that it is starting. Like, this is what we're starting to see. Like, obviously, we even talked about this on our last podcast yeah. with just, like, talking about, like, 
the nutrigenomics and epigenetics of food. Mm-hmm. Where we're really starting to see like the, this is all, mushrooms are obviously a bit different because I think this is now East meets West. So we've yeah. had this real traditional Eastern food that for thousands of years has been used medicinally, and, mm. and I suppose like in the same way that herbs to a degree mm. have as well. But mm. now all of a sudden it's come into this Western space. It's you know been introduced to our you know culinary. I can't say that word sometimes, cuisine. <laughs> and we've got like, you know, cool chefs that can get creative and use different types mm. of stuff. But then we've yeah. also got this double function where we're getting research pumped into these different mm. types of mushrooms now. And it's kind of like, it's cool. Well, yeah. And it's like you say, there's that East meets, meets West, West scenario, mm. like where they've been used for, you know, thousands of years previously. Absolutely. But as we tend to do, we now, well, Westernized world, we want to see the science and the literature behind yeah. it. And I think as opposed to something like, for instance, acupuncture and so forth, which is a lot mm. harder for us to quantify and put mm. into research. There's there's really tangible um, work or research that can be done to look at these mushrooms yeah. and look at the compounds and look at things like the polysaccharides, which are that yep. main component that's coming out of the mushrooms. Yep. And they're just being able to go, oh, my God, like we're seeing this actually affecting these you know, white blood cells or these antibodies mm, in different yeah. ways. Like we can yeah. physically see how that's happening. Yeah. Um, and then when you look at it in that regard, like from, a, I mean, for me and probably for Carissa, when you start seeing such a powerful influencer on the immune system and these different immune pathways, you can then, you can look at that through a totality of the whole body. So we can yeah. look at it and go gut inflammation, neural inflammation. Yeah. Um, and I think the other thing, just going on another tangent I'm loving in the space of medicinal mushrooms is there's always been probably when I studied, so 10, 12, I don't know how, 12 years ago or something. Mm-hmm. I remember going through my degree and mushrooms were seen as like something you would avoid in the space of like um, dysbiosis and yeast overgrowth mm. and so forth. They were very like, oh, they're a fungus, don't eat fungus. I know, I was just reading is, about this yeah, last yeah, night. Yeah. yeah, which is still a very much a misconception. Like yeah. we get, I know we do a lot with um, candida and yeast overgrowth and clients are mm. often really funny about, you know, oh, do I have to, you know, avoid mushrooms? Mm. and I'm always talking to them about like the opposite in particular, you know, mm. getting in, like mm. getting to the, if you've got those access to the powders or getting those yeah. medicinal mushrooms into your diet because they're going yeah. to have actually anti-candida anti- yes. effects. Yeah. I'm so, so happy you brought this up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was just reading about this last night and yeah. shiitake was one that comes up in particular as yeah. being quite anti-candida. Yeah. And I have always been under that misconception as well. Yeah. That And I've seen other nutritionists back in the past past yeah. that had said, similar things to me mm. like if there's candida don't eat mushrooms yeah, yeah. and since i've been into the fungi world i know that like a mushroom doesn't eat fungus yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> a mushroom eats other <laughs> material like yeah. it eats it wants to either you know be in the soil or it wants to be breaking down the cellulose yeah. mm. rich material it doesn't want to yeah. eat other fungus yeah the way that they deal with other fungus is very different than yeah. a consumption and then they thrive type. yeah scenario mm-hmm. and yeah i was just reading last night that shiitake but anti-candida i was like this is yes this is yeah. <laughs> that's what blew my mind because I, I was taught that but then yeah just that aspect of like yeah mushrooms don't eat other mushrooms like yeah. it's actually having the opposite effect mm, and yeah i know um i can't remember the mechanisms of actions at the moment but reishi is another one mm. that has just got so yeah. much backing behind it mm. from like an anti-candida anti-fungal space yeah absolutely like, just i'm just like no get into it yes <laughs> yeah. yeah it's not scary then yeah. just because they're both fungus it doesn't mean yeah. yeah that they help each other grow mm. yeah. yeah i think that's like but that just highlights the like to the how much in the last sort of you know 
five, like let's just even say five years, the area of gut health has changed, mm-hmm. the area of just Absolutely. understanding of treatment has changed. Yeah. Like I think even if we're just talking about gut health alone and we look at candida protocols from 10 to 15 years ago mm-hmm. and how we treat candida now, it's just so different. It's not about going in and starving everything off in the gut and putting people on these super restrictive diets. It's more about building up and keeping diversity in and mm-hmm. creating an environment like in the gut that's probably so similar to a forest floor where you can (laughs) (laughs) you know what I mean like you've got this really healthy Mm. um, levels of certain types of yeast and yeast species and different bacteria and you don't create that by starving off you create that by you know putting as much in as you can and diversity and Mm -hmm. obviously you know you've got to be restricted where you need to be sometimes but it's yeah I just think it's changed so so much and it's even like the whole cholesterol thing like don't Mm. eat eat foods that have cholesterol because you'll get high cholesterol like Mm. There's just so much I think that's been debunked and will comp- continue to be debunked in the next mm-hmm, definitely. years as the research yep. comes out. We're just going to be like, yes. <laughs> Speaking of cholesterol as well, oyster mushrooms, <laughs> although they're not known as like a super medicinal mushroom, they actually contain a compound called lovastatin, mm. which is actually just a naturally cholesterol-reducing mm. um, compound that they've then yep. isolated and turned into I not – out of I think they do it synthetically not mm-hmm. just through oyster yeah. mushrooms but yeah it's actually something that can help with cholesterol mm. as well yeah, right yeah well <laughs> the, like is it, it's, it might even just be similar then to like how the statin medication works and maybe they because when people have high cholesterol they whack them on statins and it reduces oh. cholesterol anyway. just eat lots of oyster mushrooms yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't take shit medication <laughs> yeah just come come see us buy some oyster <laughs> mushrooms <laughs> so with the medicinal space that we're just going into now yeah like what's your thoughts on then taking we're talking about eating them from a culinary point of view Mm -hmm. but then taking to the next level so looking at them more as an inverted commas like a supplement yeah a powder a tincture like yeah yeah, what are your thoughts on like how how that works how that works (laughs) you get smarter (laughs) instantly smarter instantly smarter don't drop it on my tongue yeah one squirter so just do a squirter worth Squirter worth. <laughs> <laughs> the technical name. Yes, this is very scientific terminology. Okay, you guys keep talking. I'm going to take my lines made and get smarter. <laughs> Instantly. Instantly. There yeah, she goes. goes. What does it oh, taste like? It's, it's Under a, the tongue or probably on the tongue? Up. Doesn't matter. On the tongue, yeah. Oh. But it's a tincture, so it's quite strong. Oh, yeah. 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 It's definitely got that mushroom undertone, though. Yeah, yeah, mm. absolutely. Yeah, you can taste like you get the booze hit first. Yeah. <laughs> As you really do strong, things, yeah, yeah, really yeah. relaxed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so... not too bad. So in this space... Anyone um, needs to email me anything difficult, do it today, I'm going to be smart. <laughs> <laughs> Every other day, not. <laughs> Today's the only day she's in practice. <laughs> she's out. Yeah, 364 uh... days a year, no. <laughs> <laughs> so I think... Oh, I have a lot of, like, thoughts on this space. Mm, I'm so curious. Yeah. So there's there's a lot. It's a booming industry. Mm. It's a trend. Mm-hmm. So there is a big, I think, you know, and it's, there's so many different realms in fungi. There's, and one of them is this sort of, like, um, trend that's happening in the medicinal space, which is quite separated from people who might just be fungi enthusiasts, who mm. might just be uh, mycologists, who mm. might be mushroom farmers. So the medicinal space, sort of trend that's happening I feel is can be fairly separate from that as a larger cohort of fungi so to speak mm-hmm. um, so yeah there's a lot there's a demand the demand is being um, increased dramatically because it's coming into the limelight in the west mm-hmm. um, and I think like personally I have very specific choices on where things come from mm-hmm. 
and those are because of basically the way that mushrooms are like they absorb so much mm. they absorb atmospheric moisture they will take in like what is contained in the air what is in the rain so like for example a rule in foraging more or less or a little side note in foraging is you try not to forage by the side of the road mm -hmm. so even if you see an amazing mushroom by the side of the road it's been exposed to so much car fumes that it's going to absorb mm -hmm. an element of that and it will hold on to it because it's not even like, for example, if you're growing broccoli, that's a lot more like robust in mm -hmm. that you could even spray something on and wash it off and it's going to be more robust. If you put it on the mushroom, it's going to suck that in like straight away. Mm. So when it comes to this space, I have very like certain standards that mm. I feel I need to find from a company that would be offering sort of supplements and things mm. like that. I think they can be incredibly beneficial, mm -hmm. like absolutely and even the work that's being done with bees at the moment. So they're doing tinctures to help with hive beetle. Mm -hmm. And so the mushrooms having those tinctures, they're now like getting on top of, not entirely, but they're getting on top of or seeing positive, um, what's the word, positive results mm -hmm. from the bees recovering from deformed wing virus, which mm. is a huge deal on the planet right now yeah. because that affects our whole bee yeah. population yeah. and the hive beetle is the one that carries that disease into the hives. So the mushrooms are strengthening the bees and I think that that is even just like this small example of like these tinctures and the powder supplements, I think they can be absolutely beneficial. I just think it's important where they're sourced from, mm. who's making them, how are the mushrooms cultivated, mm -hmm. as long as that process end-to-end -end is, like, beautiful and organic, and I am a bit of an organic freak in that, yeah. in that yeah. space. Yeah. Um, yeah, then that's... Do you think it's easy to find out that information for the layperson, like buying, going into the health food store and purchasing... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know you're like dying to say something. She's like, I'm going to be really diplomatic yeah. about this. I know you well enough Treading to know that. Exactly. <laughs> it's such a small community and we are such a small little entity, like our little farm as well. And there's some big players coming up yeah, in yeah. Australia right now. Like yeah. there's some businesses that have absolutely boomed in this yeah. space yeah. and like good on them for wanting to offer alternative medicine. And I yeah. think that that's very important that that just becomes more mainstream but I guess myself is like a fungi nerd. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that there is a certain level of like research into, um, yeah, like if you were to walk into an organic store and you were to see certain products there, then I would encourage someone if they really want to go that extra mile, mm. like if you buy those supplements on the shelf, they're probably going to be beneficial for you. Mm. I doubt they're going to do serious amounts of harm. Mm. But if you want to go that extra mile, then I would say look at the brands and just do a bit of research. Mm -hmm. Just go home and Google those companies or Google, like, you know, reviews maybe. Mm -hmm. Just see what they're doing. Farming, they're farming practices. Farming practices. Grow, growing areas. Yeah, sourcing, areas. Sourcing structures, yes. all that kind of stuff. So, I mean, I know I can think of a, a company that I've spoken to before in regards to maybe, yeah, organic. Mm -hmm. And some feedback I got there was that, like, organic – great like obviously yeah. that's the way i want to go but to get in from their feedback was like to get the best of the best they felt like they needed to go to um like china or wherever it may be into the forests and get it like where it's growing in its natural habitat and there's no way that is ever going to be able to be labeled organic in our western terms 
but for them it was like that's that's the best that I can get in that environment I'm never ever going to be able to get that um in a controlled organic um what am I trying to say do you know what I mean like an organic yeah. the way a western <clears throat> culture would like describe something in, as organic like do you know what I mean yeah like, yeah, what, yeah absolutely yeah. I know exactly what you mean so like as in the farming methods are not going to be the same as something that's taken from the wild or yes. similar situations that's where from this the wild. person was going yeah, yeah yeah absolutely um and I yeah I totally respect that and I think that there's like that is one um avenue for pursuing medicinals yeah. I guess because of the sort of mycologists that I sort of follow and the scientific work that they do that I follow and I guess I'm a little bit more based in the western scientific side of things um, that certain countries are just off the map Mm -hmm. just because of sort of even and and this is even coming from uh, my other work that I do in agriculture and have Mm. been involved in there's just an element of like in my, I'm trying to be super diplomatic, (laughs) but like, yeah, I guess there's just practices there that maybe haven't always been up to par or maybe, yeah, yeah, it's hard to know. Like maybe as well, if you're not there sort of on a regular basis, if you don't know the people personally, like all those kind of things. Mm. Like I know when I've spent time in Thailand and Mm. you know, as soon as someone's eyes turn, things can be different. Maybe that's completely not the case. Like maybe that is not the case at all, Mm. but the, for the scientific people that I follow, I trust that there is such minimal contaminants mm, mm. in their practices and I know that they have been doing this for mm. a really long time, these mycologists. Like we're talking about people that are in their 60s and 70s and mm. 80s mm-hmm. that have been doing this stuff for a really long time mm. and I guess I have entrusted in their knowledge yep. at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it's been sort of an, an advice, which they publicly will also yep. sort of speak about, that, um, yeah, there's just sort of places and countries or practices that are just sort of... Yeah. yeah off the map yeah I hope I said that again okay. no no you did you did I know it's hard and, too yeah and I'm also and not like saying that those practices are incorrect yeah. or bad or negative it's mm. just my personal choice well it's really it's hard because it's like what you're talking about and the way you look at it is great in that it's you know like there's a security in what you're mm. you're doing which I just totally respect yeah the other aspect of, of how other people may look at it and, mm. and being about this wild cultivation. Oh, absolutely. Lovely, beautiful, yeah. super romantic. Oh, and if absolutely. it's done in the right way. Perfect. Perfect. Like ideal. But. Ideal. <laughs> there's a big but because you yeah. don't know. You're yeah. not there every day seeing what actually may be going on. As you said, like what is what is the exposure? Like when mm. yeah, you're not there and, and, and seeing it day to day. Like if it yeah. isn't having to meet particular stringent rules and guidelines, do you really know? Yeah. So yeah. And like I is totally... it a percentage of wild and then a percentage of when you're not, you know, there watching your mushrooms get farmed that maybe 3% of that mm. certain type of mushroom is wild and, you know, for, you know forage from the <laughs> yeah, forest. And, and, this, that's and, the the, and then and this is the thing, I suppose, mm. but that's just, that's what can be said in the mushroom industry. It can be said in, like, we have this, well, conver- yeah. we have this yeah, conversation about imagine. supplements. We have this conversation mm. about... It's just yeah. a general, I think, issue with the way that the global economy functions because certain mm. things come out of certain countries or places and they can be cheaper yeah. or they mm. can state certain things and then you know that there's certain yeah. countries 
countries that have regulations and bodies in place that monitor those things yeah. and you trust those bodies that yeah. are the regulators of those things. Yeah. I mean, and it's just too, sometimes like, and obviously this probably isn't so much the mushroom world, but I know we've talked about this when we've had Cara mm-hmm. from the Natural Food mm-hmm. Company on just even about the organic labelling of meat or the free range labelling mm-hmm. of, you know, ch- chicken eggs and stuff like yeah. that. Like there's... There's, you know, like, it's not to scare the shit out of people, but it's if you want to take your being a consumer to the next level, you need to be educated about. Absolutely. You need to be educated about clever marketing. This isn't about mushrooms, but this is just in general my rant. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, absolutely, you, no. Like, and I know some people are like, oh, where does it stop if you start getting into this world? But it's just like, And well, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't. And I think at the end of the day, what the yeah. most important thing is, is that people are accessing these kind of things, like that they do access mm. things like reishi, chaga, and if it's in powder form, and if the best you can get is what's on the supermarket shelf I would say go for it Uh, I would say go for that over maybe the pharmaceutical route uh like if you can try that or use that to help boost your immunity that's better than not doing it Uh if you want to be the perfectionist which (laughs) I tend to try and aim and strive for it's a little bit more complex once you get under the covers of uh, how things could be done happening yeah 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 Mm. wow well, we've got about, I'm just like, keep going for ages. We can do we've got a about, part. I know, five minutes. Five oh, minutes. I, just, I know, right? But we I just, we haven't even touched. I know we might have to. But yeah. like in regards to just looking after seeds and seed saving, <laughs> like that's a whole that's a- aspect, right? As far as, yeah, yeah, but I yeah. don't know if there's anything in particular that you wanted to talk about in relation to yeah. what we've discussed so far there. Yeah, well, I guess I know that you guys are both like really big advocators of like organic food yeah. as much as you can mm-hmm. and meeting your like, you know, sourcing it as well as you can and all that kind of thing. Um, I guess like just to share a little bit from my, my other journey of working for an organic seed company mm-hmm. um, and just like how much is out there that we can eat and diversifying diets on like a whole other, mm-hmm. you know, realm. And like sourcing food from the supermarket, like if that's the best people can do, then do that. And if you can get to a market, then that's even better. And like try something you've never eaten before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And there's so much out there. Like, and I can't even dive into like the different types of like seeds and growing like methods that are going on at the moment. But if you can shake somebody's hand and they can tell you they like grew that thing, then that mm. is the most awesome thing you can do to try and support yeah. our local farmers I guess I think we should do a part two podcast yeah, I think that. so because I've like, got like the warm uh, fuzzies and I yeah. just wanted to keep going yeah <laughs> I think like I think like because obviously like with Kat's whole other side of what yeah. she does yeah in terms of the agricultural industry and what's yeah. going on and looking after our seeds which I know for a lot of people they're like what the hell do you mean looking after our seeds oh it's but, so important but just seg- so important. segueing into the fact that you know we are having a lot of species and varieties of plants yeah. dying out in Australia Absolutely. because you know due through our farming or mm-hmm. tradition not traditional but mass production agricultural yeah. farming methods where our, our plant varieties are changing and under stress and through genetic modification and glycophosphate application they're mm-hmm. not producing mm-hmm. the seeds that they used to produce so no. so this is a really huge topic which Kat yeah. and I are really freaking passionate yeah, we about need to do this where we separate. have to do yeah. a separate yeah. podcast. like we have five minutes tell us about seeds and I'm like just oh, try and shake a farmer's hand <laughs> I just freaking saved a seed yeah. man. <laughs> Done the right thing. Yeah. I can rest easy on my Sunday. Yeah. I'm a seed saver. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. God. Is there 
is there anything before we do finish up in regards to yeah what we've talked about mushrooms today as far as mushrooms bring it back to mushrooms (laughs) yeah um that we've sort of missed or yeah anything you wanted to highlight like obviously we will 100% have you back you will like maybe change that (laughs) seat but yeah is there anything you'd like to say I think like yeah just don't be don't be scared. Like don't go out and forage unless you know yes. oh someone. My God, yes. Like and I have heard people encourage people to forage and things like that. But like, yeah, be a little bit cautious, but find a fungi friend. Yes. So find a fungi friend. There are wild varieties that are medicinal. Like yep. there are wild reishi here in Australia that you can get and you can dry and you can mm. brew the tea over and over and drink it. Mm-hmm. And there is the Queensland Mycological Society. If you really want to have a fungi hit, check them out. They're really awesome. They do forays between here and actually as far south as the Gold Coast hinterland up to the sunny coast hinterland. Mm. So if you ever want to go out into the bush with them and go foraging and they've got amazing knowledge base in that group, I think it's like 20 bucks to join for a year. Um, So so if you ever want to get some fungi info, like hit them up and don't, yeah, don't be scared of these new varieties that are coming Mm. into the market and dive into that medicinal space and use those to support immunity and try eating, you know, king oyster, shiitake, like regular oyster, maitake, enoki, like all these different mm-hmm. ones that are coming up. They so may good. look – the oysters can be pink and yellow and all sorts of different colours. Like they're not, we're not going to hurt you. If someone's selling it, don't be a microphobe. <laughs> microphobe. Oh, I love that term. Microphobe. <laughs> microphobe. So don't oh, be a microphobe. So like jump in, eat it, try it. Um, and if it's not for you, then that's fine. But we there's a lot of good it. stuff that yeah. can be taken oh, from so this true. rising of the fungi. Right. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's so well said. I think, yeah, people need to, besides even, you know, taking it wider than mushrooms, trying different types of anything in the food space people absolutely. have a lot of fear but absolutely. mushrooms are a biggie um, yeah. Yeah. yeah so stop like don't eat buttons for like a week and just eat other mushrooms yeah. for a week like yeah. buttons are not always the best that might be for you yeah and yeah. what I'll do on the show notes we'll put all your details yeah, for contact okay. yeah fantastic um, but I might even drop I will drop in a couple of links we've got some pretty cool mushroom recipes on the website so I think Brilliant. people yeah. are just like oh I don't know how to use this that can be really yeah. useful oh, it's really um, so simple yeah. like because last time we caught up um Kat bought me mm-hmm. like a big what do you call it when it's just a cluster? Cluster. It's a cluster. Yeah, it's, so it's a cluster. like a big hand. I don't know what you call it. <laughs> a cluster of um, oyster mushrooms. Yeah. And my God, like I, I literally just, I literally just fried them up in a pan with some sesame oil, garlic, chili, um, like just grated a bit of ginger mm-hmm. over the top, and then the tiniest bit of tamari. And I just had that with a big bowl of greens. And yeah. oh, I literally yeah. ate most of them just out of the pan. I think. Yeah, they're my, amazing. <laughs> so my yummy. nourish bowl got like this little sprinkling and then the rest of it was just me like holding it out yeah. of the hand. <laughs> but yeah, so freaking good. And I guess one other thing I'll quickly say before we have to go is like support these new little local farmers. Mm-hmm. There's one um, in Brisbane, they're called Little Acre. So if you're in Brisbane and you want to try and get these mushrooms, I know they do West End Market, check those guys out. Yep. They're doing really awesome stuff. If mm-hmm. you're up the sunny coastway, come and see us. Mm-hmm. Like hit us up on Instagram and or Facebook. Um, and do wild canaries little acre a bit yes yeah, I do, cool. yeah. that's where I've seen so it so little acre are doing some amazing stuff yeah and these are like young people that are trying to move into farming and are trying to turn on new space and waste mm. materials into mm. food and they're giving a very nutritional food source and they need your support to continue yeah. so yeah. Yeah. like every time you buy mushrooms from us or them or other small mushroom farmers you are helping continue like farmers and people mm. having an income off mm-hmm. that kind of work which I think is important mm. right 
And yeah. lastly, how can people find you? We'll put it in the show notes, but just, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, yeah. where, where do Instagram, they go? Instagram, Facebook. Yeah. yeah. So we'll put that, if that's in the show notes. Mountaintop Mushrooms. Yeah. Mountaintop <laughs> Mushrooms. Yeah, that's up. <laughs> up, in, up in Montville, our farm is. So, yeah, yeah. we're up that way. <sighs> Thank you so much. Oh, my like, pleasure. Yeah. Wow. My pleasure. Got, I know we will definitely um, would love to have two. you back. Yeah. There's lots more. Um, but, yeah, this has just been fantastic. It's just so good to have someone that's just so passionate about mm. their product and you know we their world yeah their world. yeah we're just so thankful for that and very very respectful of it because it's something so important to us too and yeah. i know people are going to love this a yep. lot more so oh that's yeah. so good i'm so <laughs> happy to help and contribute to like everything you yeah. guys do as well and yeah. the approach you guys have to medicine which is just yeah we're like all connected like mycelium mm. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're a part of your journey and you're a part of ours so <laughs> All right, guys, on that beautiful note, thank you so much. If you have any feedback or questions, Mm -hmm. you can leave them for us on our socials or email the clinic. Um, Don't forget to share the episode around, uh, subscribe, and um, leave a review. Yeah. Other than that, we will chat with you again soon, and thank you again. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you later. Bye.